Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. We are going to be talking tonight about uh, disciple development. And if by chance... You will see where you are in your progression with the Lord, but also you'll see how you can help somebody else move forward. We're not just here to improve ourselves. That's part of it, to draw closer to the Lord. We're to help somebody else get closer to the Lord. We're to help other people become better disciples. Amen. Let's let's get our Bibles tonight. We're going to go to the book of John, chapter 8. The book of John, chapter 8, and verse 31. The book of John, chapter 8, and verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. There's the key. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Praise God. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Aren't you glad that we're on a journey, that this is not just simply a uh, a, a monotonous thing? Okay, we've made it. We don't have to ever try. We don't ever have to improve, but it is a journey. Amen. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Heavenly Father, we come before you thanking you, God, for your word. I pray, God, that it would be indeed a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Help us tonight, Lord Jesus, to know the power of your word to make us what you already want us to be. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen. Praise the Lord. Lord bless you. You can be seated. How many know that life is about becoming? Becoming is what we are doing. Babies become toddlers, right? Toddlers turn into teenagers. At least that's the way it seems. Babies, toddlers, teenagers. People are constantly changing, developing, growing, maturing. We say... When we're aging, we are growing up. We're growing old. We're growing. Praise God. We're growing. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that. We're growing out. (laughs) We're growing. We're growing. We're growing. We say that an expectant lady is becoming a mother. Becoming a mother. A person in medical school is becoming a doctor. Uh, in, in our case, we have a couple of ladies in our church are becoming nurses. Becoming, it's becoming. Becoming is a part of life. It's natural. It's intentional. And it speaks of progress. This is true of our spiritual walk with God is that we ought to be spiritually Growing and becoming. We are becoming disciples. More like Jesus. Disciples are designed to develop. 
We are called, according to 2 Peter 3 and 18, to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We are to become what God has already designed. Let me say that again. We are becoming what God has already designed. He already has some things designed for us, and we're growing into that. And it is a process of discipleship. It speaks of that journey that we are fulfilling God's plan and God's purpose until the point he becomes a Lord in our life like nothing else. One will never just wake up one morning and be more spiritual than they were yesterday without intention. You don't just ooze your way into dynamic discipleship. Not like we don't catch it by osmosis or walking around other people that are super spiritual. We get spiritual by that, but we do it by the transformational process that God wants in our life. Look at Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of, uh, principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. If you're writing down, that word is maturity. Let us go on unto maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. It doesn't mean we forsake those things, but we go on from those things. We mature. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10. That we are to walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing or growing in the knowledge of God. That familiar passage of scripture that Paul says in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12, he said, not as though I had already attained. He said, I haven't arrived yet. Neither were already perfect or mature. He said, but what I do is I follow after, I pursue after, I press after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ. He's got a hold of me. Now I need to get a hold of what he has for me. What he apprehended me, I want to apprehend him. That's what the process is about. It is becoming what he has designed for us. Verse 13, brethren, I count not myself to apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgive those things which are behind and reaching forth and those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect. What does that word mean? What does it mean? Mature. Those that are mature, as many as be mature, be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal, in, reveal even this unto you. You're still going to learn. You're still going to grow. You're still going to progress. That is one thing that's very excited about disciple development is that learning new things. <coughs> I have been blessed to be in this for all my life, but I'm learning new things today. Today, I want to develop. All right, let's look at the source of that development. I, I wanted to put the diet. I guess that would be another thing. If you're gonna if you're gonna develop and grow, you gotta have a good diet. What is your diet? Well, the, the source for the development is is made in the statement by Jesus that says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every 
word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. In John chapter 6 and verse 33. John chapter 6 and verse 33. It says, For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Jesus then is the bread of God. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. I love that. Evermore. I want that bread. Evermore. All my life I need that bread. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. What is he saying? He is saying, I'm your source. I am your bread. Man shall not live by this bread alone, but by every word. He's the bread of life that cometh out of the mouth of God. We find in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13, it says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, you received it, you grabbed a hold of it, it tra- changed your life. He said, which you have heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Let me just tell you, this is plain and simple. It's the word that transforms you. I understand that we have the power of the spirit that reveals the word, and that's part of it. But it's the word. You get in the word. You begin to believe the word. You begin to pray the word. You begin to speak the word. You let the word of God become alive to you. And all of a sudden, what happens is that we begin to grow. We begin to grow by that word. Peter said in in chapter 2 and verse 2, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You're going to grow. you got to get into the word. Have to get in the word. Jeremiah said in 15 and 16, Thy words were found. I found your word. And then he said, And I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing in my heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. He said, I found the word. I ate the word. And then I began to live by that word. Found the word, I ate the word, and I live by that word. When you find the word, you do it by reading, by searching, by researching. You do it by study, by attending the house of God. Amen. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart, and it taught me how not to sin. It guarded my life from sin. He said, thy word have become a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. I want to tell you this is a real deal the word is the real deal what does it say about praying for your rulers and your and your leaders of the nation so your life will be long be blessed what does it say about if if you do those things amen doesn't matter who's president pray for him the lord will bless you Live peace and be, be, be peaceable among you. You'll have peace among you if you pray for your, your, your leaders. We ought to eat the word. Hallelujah. Eat the word so that we can live. The word is powerful because it is the word that produces so much. In 1 Peter 1 and 23, it says, We are born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. We are born again. How are we saved? 
By the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. The word is seed. The word is seed. And that seed comes into our life and it produces life. When you get the word in you, before you were ever saved, before you were ever born again, you had to encounter the word. Some way, somehow, you come in contact with the word. It may have been in a Sunday school class, as I remember as a little boy, lessons. It may have been at home around the, the family altar time as I as a boy. It, whatever it was, can you remember that word? Can you remember a message? Can you remember something that was said to you? I remember them telling me that God's watching me all the time, and it put the fear of the Lord in me. I watched for that big eye somewhere in the sky watching me. God's watching you. His eye's on you. Not two, but one eye. Just, just one eye, you know. That's the way I thought as a kid. But I learned by what they were saying that I needed to repent of my sins. I needed to be baptized in Jesus' name. I was going to receive the Holy Ghost. It was the Word that produced that. A boy at seven, the Word produced it and continues to produce it. I am begotten by the Word of God. I'm begotten. Paul said it like this, for the preaching of the cross is to them that, uh, that perish, it's foolishness. But to us which are saved is the power of God. The word is power. The word is power. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 31, if you continue my word, then are you my disciples. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples. The condition for discipleship development is keep growing in the word. Keep growing in the word. I want to know more this year than I knew last year. I want to experience more this year. You, 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 you that are in the ladies' Bible study, I'm expected and excited that y'all are going to learn some things you didn't learn last year. And here in our, our Tuesday night uh, kingdom life, let's get deeper. Let's go deeper. Let's know more. Why? Because that's the way we grow. By the word of God. All right. Let's talk about the stages of development. The stages of development. Matthew chapter 13. I want to read from this passage of scripture. And it reveals to us the various stages of disciple development. All right. Matthew 13 and 3. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprang up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root. They withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell on into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. I want to tell you that we, we understand the seed is the word of God. The sower is the distributor, whatever form that comes in. 
That might be a preached word. That might be a, a word that you're reading. It may be somehow, however that seed is delivered to you, that's what the Lord is talking about. The, the seed is the word of God. The sower is the distributor of that word. So we understand there's nothing wrong with the seed. I said, there's nothing wrong with the seed. Well, it's not growing in my life. I, I don't feel like I'm improving. Let them, then know this, there's nothing wrong with the seed. I watch people sit over the years and pastor, watch people sit on the same pew, and one's getting on fire for God with the same messengers that another is getting carnal and drying up and dying. There's nothing wrong with the seed. And really, there's nothing wrong with the distributor. The problem is the condition of the ground. The ground speaks about us as people. The ground speaks of people. So not the seed, not the sower, but the ground is the crucial factor in the, 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 the success of the harvest. The condition and the capacity of the ground determines the fruitfulness of the harvest. Without soil, the seed does not have a place to grow. God's word is looking for ground. God's word is looking for something to, to take that seed, put it in the ground, into the heart of a person, and it begin to germinate, and it begin to bring forth faith, and that faith begins to expand and grow. Where there is no ground, there is no growth. Where there is no soil, there is no success. Nothing wrong with the seed. Somebody say, nothing wrong with the seed. Nothing wrong with the word. Really, there's nothing wrong with the distributor. How you get that word. I have gotten blessed by people that couldn't preach their way out of a wet paper bag. But because they gave the word and the anointing was upon them, I was changed. I was changed. All right, let's look at different stages of, of, of discipleship development. Stage number one is found in verse three. Behold, the sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured it up. It is interesting here that it wasn't the soil that destroyed the seed. It was an outside source, an attack, an enemy, an adversary, the birds that came down. I have never seen Hitchcock's movie, The Birds. Just the previews of it scares me. Birds flying everywhere. That's kind of the picture that I get. This depicts the devil. Matter of fact, in other uh, 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 gospels, it refers to it as the devil coming down and devouring the seed. You see, this speaks of the stage number one, and that is those that are not saved. They have not been saved, but they are interested. The seed comes in contact with their soil. There's a connection. It's a momentary connection, but there's an interest there. We would call this, this group seekers. Seekers. Number one, stage number one is seekers. Again, they're not saved. They haven't been born again, but they haven't come in contact with the word, even though it's momentarily. They are interested. 
They are curious, but they're not in relationship. Look at what Jesus responded. If you jump down in Matthew chapter 13 down to verse 18, he explains what he's talking about. He said, Hear therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not. They don't have a clue. Revelation has not hit them. They do not understand it. Then cometh the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. So these are folks that are interested in the word, and the word has been delivered to them, but they don't understand it. They're not clear about it. They don't have revelation of it. And the enemy takes advantage of that and swoops in and destroys what little bit of seed had made contact with them. How many times you have You've dealt with people, they're interested, they're hungry, they want it, they seem to be interested and curious about it, and and they're even open to the Word of God, but it's as if you could give them a Bible study, and then the enemy comes in. So what do we do with stage one? Stage one, those of us that are helping to make disciples, we need to be bird shooers. Like Abraham, who had a sacrifice, and, and he began to... Get the birds off of his sacrifice. Birds speaks of demonic forces that the way we handle it is that we begin to pray and we begin to seek God. Oh God, Lord, would you soften their heart so they can receive the the seed and keep the birds away. Keep the birds away. They come in contact with the word of the kingdom, but they don't understand it. Oh God, would you make them clear? Help them to see it. Take the blinders off, Lord. Take the blinders. I'm telling you how to deal with this stage, this first stage of those that are lost. Now, there are some people that are lost that they don't have a desire one. Then you got to whet their desire. You have to do as we learned uh, last Thursday night about making it interesting, making them hungry, making them thirsty, making them curious. Praise God. There are some people that, that live this walk and they living in such a drudgery way, then nobody wants what you got. So even before this, we understand that there are people that have, have no desire. I'm talking about somebody you come in contact that have a desire. You have to be very intentional to keep the birds away to the best of your ability. Amen. I call the birds the wicked word snatchers. The wicked word snatchers. Amen. All right. That's stage number one. Stage number two. Stage number two, between stage one and stage two, there's a conversion. All right. In this process, I want to show you that there there is a beginning here. The word is taking root. Stage two speaks about somebody who's beginning with God. Stage one speaks about those that are seeking God. Stage two talks about those that are beginning with God. A little bit of faith. A little bit of walk. They've accepted the the truth. They've repented of their sins. They've been baptized in the name of Jesus. And now that, how many of you have seen some really green people that have been born again 
and baptized, and they are absolutely not rooted. They're not grounded. They're not, I mean, they're living a, a life. They walk out the door, and it's as if, okay, they're jumping right back into a, a world that's, that's really going to work to get them. Look at Matthew 13 and 5. Some fell upon stony places where there had not much earth. And forthwith they sprang up because they had no, no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. They received the word. They were born and begotten of the word. And they believed the word. But yet they, the, the things of their life, they didn't have much depth, depth in them. The, the, the stones were taken Way too much room in their life. I've watched it as people have been uh, born again and they go, they go into their family, go back home, and there's a lot of stoneheads that pushed in them that, oh, you know what? You don't have to do that. You really don't have to live like that. There's really nothing to that. Oh, you know those old crazy apostolics. Uh, they dress funny. They act funny. You don't have to do that. That's way too much expected of you. But they just had a, a, a conversion experience and even filled with the Holy Ghost. But what happens is because there wasn't depth of earth, the minute the sun comes up, what, here's, here's what Jesus, Jesus said of them. And he says, He that receiveth seed in stony places is he that heareth the word and with joy receiveth it. Praise God. I'm saved. I praise the Lord. I'm saved. He received, yet he hath not root in himself, but endureth for a while. And when a tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. Isn't that a pure, clear picture of people that you've watched that have started out with the Lord? They had, had got connected to the word. And you've seen them as, as, as things in their life begin to change. But all of a sudden, when tribulation comes, when persecution comes, because of the word, you don't have to believe that. You don't have to look at that. You don't have to, you don't have to live like that. You, don't, you shouldn't be like that. That's a bunch of Phariseeism. That's a bunch of legalistic junk. And so the enemy comes in and stones begin to push out the ground. And so there is no root and then they become offended. And they say, well, if this is the way you got to do it, I'm not going to live it. You seen that? What do we do? The enemy has come to, de to destroy their, their convictions, to destroy uh, the word in their life. What do we do? Well, I heard about a story about a, a group of ministers that went to Israel and uh, they were driving in the tour bus and they saw an orchard there, a beautiful orchard. And it was in nothing but a rock field. And these trees were growing up beautifully. And so the preacher, one of the preachers was very inquisitive about it. And he says, stop, can we, can we find out? And so they got a hold of whoever was there working and, and, and asked them, said, how did you do this? And they said, well, we just busted up the rock to get down to the soil. 
So why, how do you deal with people that are in this place, in this stage? How do we help them by busting up the rock? By being intentional. Not destroying them. Yeah, you ought to put that on. Yeah, you shouldn't wear that. Yeah, that's not, that's not going to do anything to help them. That's not going to help. They're going to run from it. You're just adding more stone. Add earth. Add dirt. Add compassion. Add long-suffering. Hey, I want to tell you what. It's going to be all right. Just keep on. Just keep on. God's going to be with you. You don't understand it? Just keep on. Let's add some dirt to this. Let's break up this, this stony stuff so we can help you. We can help you. That's stage two. Stage three. Stage three is, is found in the depiction of some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up and choked them. There's a little bit more life here. Jesus said in Matthew 13 and 22 when he spoke about this, he said, He that receives seed among thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. This speaks of stage two is about getting closer to God or getting becoming aware of God and starting with God. Stage three is about getting closer to God. You're getting close to the Lord. And, and there's a relationship that is building. And you're getting to know the Lord more. But then the enemy sends thorns into your life. And thorns are a depiction, I believe, of messengers of Satan. To let you feel as if you're growing, you're going, you're going to get, but you don't have any fruitfulness. There's no fruitfulness there. I feel like I'm living for God, but I'm not seeing any success in my life. I'm not seeing any fruitfulness in my life. What happens is that the messenger of this world begins to make you think about, oh, I got to do this. I got to be here. I got to take care of this. I got to get this done. I need to be here for that. I can't, I, I, I can't be at church on this because I've got to take care of that. And, and, and all of a sudden, the, the life begins to choke it out and it picks a disciple that just gets closer but doesn't go further. That moves us to stage four. There's no fruitfulness when you begin to let the thorns choke out the word. Stage four is totally submitted, surrendered, giving all to the Lord and that's lordship. Stage four is lordship. We find this is, is Jesus explains this in verse 23 of Matthew 13. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. He that receive the word, he that receives the word into his heart, and, and he hears the word, and he understands the word. Revelation comes. All of a sudden, it's not just simply, how many of you have, have come to the Lord, and, and you had to have those moments where revelation light went off? Oh, I see that. I see that. I get that. That, yeah. Anybody? What was it? It was the word coming alive in the soil of your soul and producing things in your life. 
All right. Uh, on your, on your uh, page there, I got a little picture, and these are the stages. Let's put up slide, chap, uh, slide one, please, if you wouldn't mind, Gracie. Disciple, aren't those some cool-looking characters? Mm. Yeah, thank God for Internet. All right. Let's, let's look at the first one. Next slide, please. Okay, this is Mr. Interested. He's seeking God. He's, he's got a, a desire for the Lord, and he wants the Lord, but he's not born again. How many know that we are on a mission to take that person to water, to the altar? We're to take them there so that they can be born again. They're seeking God. They're hungry for God. And we're the ones to help show the way. That's our responsibility. That's our, our responsibility. Somebody can say, well, bless the Lord. They know where the church is. How many know Jesus never said bring people to church? He said go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. All right. Let's look at the next one. So Mr. Interested becomes relationship. Once he's been born again of water and of the spirit, filled with God's spirit, all of a sudden, the word of God's coming into his life, and he becomes a disciple starting a relationship. I love these kind. Because usually they're as green as grass. And they are just gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna take everything that comes in. Woo! I want to do this. Yes! Praise God. Isn't this great? Green as grass. I love those kind of people because they haven't been so taught by tradition. But anyway, they become relationships so they're beginning their walk with God and, and they're starting that process and the enemy is coming after them to try to get them out of the word this is the stony place he's out to destroy here's the thing you need to see in this picture is that there's the word coming and then there's the adversary attacking there's word coming and adversary on every level word adversary of the word what did Jesus say when he was tempted by Satan? What did Jesus say? It is written. Everything, Satan attacked the word in the very beginning. In Genesis chapter uh, uh, 3, he attacked the word. And so we counteract that by believing the word. All right? So we go from uh, Mr. Interested that is born again, and then he enters into a relationship with God, and then the next stage is discipleship. He goes closer to the Lord, closer to the Lord. He's drawing closer to the Lord. This is the stage that I believe a lot of people begin to, to, to see the need for external holiness, and they begin to see the need for living right and, 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 and putting down the things of this world and, and getting closer to the Lord in this particular uh, 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 scenario. And then lastly, <clears throat> it is one that enters into lordship. These are the people that are simply saying, I'm all in. I'm all in. Somebody say, I'm all in. All in. That's the goal. 
The goal is to transition people from interested to relationship to discipleship to all in. That's the goal. It's to make people feel like that they're not just, they're not just barely getting by. Not just among stone and thorns and issues of this life, but ultimately to get to the place where there's fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. All right, let's go to the next one, please. The next slide. What is it that transitions Mr. Interested into Mr. Relationship? Is that he believes somewhere along the way, the transition is that he comes to a point that he believes the word of grace, which is the begotten word of God. He believes in salvation. He hears the word and he believes. Oh, repent. I get it. Baptism. I get it. Because what happens is that word begins to come into his heart and he transitions into a relationship where he's beginning with God. We've got to be careful, church, not to put expectations on people of being all in when they are only beginning with God. They're not going to act like somebody that's been all in. You may understand everything. Can I, can I stop here and say... 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50, let's go 50 years ago. The distance between the world and the way the world lived and the way the church lives was not very far. And when you begin to talk to a person about their attire, they understood it because it was a cultural concept. Now you talk to somebody about attire and they think that you're talking Greek. Why? Because the gulf, I mean... We're dealing with things like, do you know who you are? Not, do you know what you're supposed to dress? And, and I think that we have to be very aware that you tell somebody when they come into the house of the Lord and say, okay, you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And they're, they're wondering if they're a boy or a girl. It's very important to get the word into them then. Because this word, this book is truth. Their answer is here. If we can somehow transition them from uh, Mr. Seeker into Mr. Disciple. All right? And that is God let your word, just a little bit of your word, come into their heart and change them. All right? Next slide. How do we transition from relationship to discipleship? Is that somewhere along the line, then that person not only believes that the word is, saves them, is that this is the final authority. Do you see how it's connected to the word? It's the final authority. This is the absolute word of God. This is, this is, there's no debate. And that comes somehow by faith. That somehow the person begins to see, yes, I believe this is the word. I believe this is the word. So what happens? Then we begin to get closer to God. Because your belief system begins to match with the authority of the word. All right? Let's, then, then how do we transition from discipleship to lordship relationship? This is when we begin to embrace biblical giving. Biblical giving. I have seen it over and over again. If I can get a person to understand the principle 
of letting God have their money, everything else becomes easy. But this biblical giving is not just about embracing biblical giving. It's about embracing surrender, stewardship, submission, these kinds of things that I am all in. And all of a sudden, I see that in the Word of God, and I take that and I embrace it. It is about getting the Word into my heart. This is where I believe God wants to transition all of us into that point where we're producing 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. I don't know about you, but that's what I want. I want fruit. I want fruit in my life. But the fruit doesn't arrive until you get to this, this point of discipleship development. Then the fruit begins to arrive. A lot of people are over here in relationship and wondering why they don't have fruit. It's because they haven't taken it to the next level in their life. All right. So in every stage, we find that the enemy comes in to try to destroy. I'm going to show you how to fight back against the attack, against the word of God. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. Remember the transition here? We, we transition to relationship because we believe <clears throat> that we are begotten by the word. We are begotten by the word. And then we transition into discipleship because we believe in the authority of scripture. And then we transition in, into a lordship relationship and all in relationship because we believe in the word teaching about Bible giving Surrender, submission. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. Will you throw that up, please? Revelation 12 and 11. Look at this. Praise God. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. So here is, I believe in what begotten me, was the blood of the lamb. I'm saved by the blood. How do you overcome the enemy? The same way Revelation 12 and 11 says, I overcome knowing that I believe I am begotten again by the word of God. I'm saved by the word of God. I'm not worried about my salvation. If there's anything about being secure in your salvation, it ought to be that you're secure that what he said he did on Calvary worked and what he's asked us to do will work. They overcome by the blood of the lamb and then by the word of their testimony. What is that testimony? It's the absolute authority of the scriptures that says I've got a testimony. I've got a, I got a new testimony and I have an old testimony. I've got a testimony that I can share and believe that I overcome by the very thing that attacks the word. I'm going to overcome with the word. What attacks the word, I'll overcome with the word. That's what Jesus did on, on the Mount of Temptation. He was attacked. The word was attacked. You remember what he said? If thou be the son of God, then why don't you turn that stone into bread? What he was saying is that, are you really? He just left baptism where the, the voice of the father came down and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. All right. And now Satan is trying to attack that word that just come to him. Amen. So what does he say? <laughs> it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. I believe what, what is said 
about me. That's, that's, that's what we've got to understand, the word of our testimony. And then it says, and they love not their lives unto the death. This is the next stage of total surrender. I'm willing to give everything. My money, my time, my attention, my focus, my desires, my passion. Do you see the progression? They overcome. Would you put up uh, number eight again, please? <clears throat> oh, hallelujah. From Mr. Interested to Mr. Relationship, they're overcome by the blood of the Lamb. From Mr. Relationship to Mr. Discipleship, they're overcome by the word of their testimony. From Mr. Discipleship to Lordship, and they love not their lives unto the death. This is the progression. This is where the victory is. Amen. Don't stay where you are. Don't be content with just barely getting by. How do we do this? Every day? Do you eat every day? Do you take care of yourself every day? Unless you're fasting. Yeah, I know. But, but, but most of us eat pretty well. Praise God. We're growing out. <laughs> we take care of ourselves by in, intentionally providing nutrients, providing things. Same thing for your, your spirit man. Intentionally feed him the word of God. Intentionally feed him the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus said in Matthew, or rather John chapter 8 and verse 31, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed. A lot of times we, we, we quote the next verse quite frequently without looking back at the one before that. And it's actually the same sentence. And he says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Disciples, stay in his word. People who know the truth, stay in his word. People that are truly free are all in. All in disciples. Praise God. Now, they may call you crazy. They may call you uh, whatever. But they're hanging out over there on the other side of, of redemption. Somehow I want to help them get to this side, but they're hanging out. They don't understand. The devil's got them blind. The devil's got them blind. Stand with me, please. What stage do you think you may be on today? Don't get discouraged if you feel like, well, I'm not there yet. There's going to be moments. Sometimes we transition a little bit backwards. But, but, but be encouraged. You can keep moving forward. Grow every day. Grow every day. Heavenly Father, we love you today. Lord, we praise you, God, for this chance. Lord, to study your word. Lord, let your word come into us. Let it produce, Lord Jesus, life. Let it produce, Lord, results. Let it produce fruit in us. Lord, I pray today and I claim it by your power and in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, we want to see people progress. We want to see the lost progress to be saved. And we want the Lord them to progress to be disciples and in relationship with you. Lord, in walking and growing closer to you day by day. Lord, we're going to give you the praise for it all. In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. God bless you, disciples.
Let's keep developing. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Oh,